the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live from the dark side of Remus. <laughs> that kind of sounds disgusting when you don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Maybe even if you do. <laughs> it's the Worldview Media Podcast. Coming to you on the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network. Your one-stop shop for all your dominionizing needs. <laughs> It's me. I'm your host, Gordon Runyon, and with me is Miss Joyce, who rules the roost at the Runyon home. Hmm. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Whatever. Sure, <laughs> <coughs> sure. All right. So we're talking about Star Trek. Uh, Nemesis. <coughs> We're talking about Star Trek Nemesis. And in this last of the Generations Star Trek movies, or not Generations, the Next, next generation. generation. That was the first of the Next Generation <laughs> movies. Alright, so this is the last of four. We won't be seeing the Next Gen crew anymore in cinema. On the big screen. And good riddance. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no. It is the dark side. They're fine. <laughs> it's fine. And so, in this episode, we have Captain Picard meeting up with a clone of his. The Romulans have cloned him in a dastardly plot to replace him. Oh, yes. But then they... Change their minds. Change their minds about Stuff that happened. plot. People changed power. Right. Political yeah. winds shifted and they decided not to do that, but they still had the clone guy. Yeah, they already started the process. So the clone guy, then... What's his name? Do you remember? Shinzon? Shinzon. Shinzon. Okay, so Shinzon, who is the clone, he his metabolism is fixed, so he'll grow really fast, right? Well, he'll he'll grow to maturity times, really yeah, fast. at specific times, so that he gets to where he needs to be when he needs to be. So he winds up being raised as a second-class Romulan he's, citizen. Well, I don't know if he's really a citizen, because... Well, he's raised with the second-class citizen. Um, he's raised as a on a mining facility. Right, a slave. Or, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's second class. I think that's like nobody really cares about it's you. It's worse than second <laughs> class. Yes. They're putting you in a hole in the ground and saying, "Good luck. <laughs> We're done." You'll probably die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, he manages to. I don't know how guile or. Just cleverness. Just a cutie. Force of nature. He uh, he rises up to power and he becomes a successful military commander. 
And when at the beginning of this show he insta he instigates a coup. coup where much of the Romulan Senate is killed and, and replaced. Replaced. Which doesn't with sound his like guys. you know, all that bad a deal to just Replace everybody. Right, let's invite him here for a little while. Probably wasn't the best way to go about it, but <laughs> sure change cut happened. Some red tape. <laughs> All right. So, what did you think of this show? Oh, I should finish off the plot. Oh, okay. Shinzon decides he's going to destroy the Earth. Okay. So, what did you think of this show? <laughs> Is that the ploy from the beginning, or is that just because he gets upset that then he decides he's going to destroy the Earth? No, I think that was from the beginning. That's why the that's why the Romulan people who were on his side were willing to be on his side. Because mm, they were going to destroy the they Federation. They were going to dominate the Federation. Yeah. I see. I thought it just went bad, and then he was like really Will mad. Well, it did and, go bad. And he just wanted to he did get ruin everything. Yeah. So what did you think? Well... It's not my favorite Next Generation movie. Yeah. Um, it's probably a little bit more dark. You do see some things kind of happening here that you've been waiting for, like with uh, Deanna Troy and Will Riker. They get married. They get married. Yeah. Um, they're having a reception for them on the Enterprise, following by a traditional Beta Z wedding. So, that's interesting. Well, we don't see that. No. That's but, looming. Yeah. And I guess Worf doesn't want to go. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go. <laughs> For lots of reasons. <laughs> All the other guests are the reasons I wouldn't want to go. <laughs> but it's nice to see those two together. I think something that... Um, really strikes me on this movie is just how much everybody looks older. You know, they've oh. all really kind of aged. And, um, and that's probably just because of the time lapse between the series and the movies and all that. But everybody really does look older. Yeah. You can tell this really ought to probably be the end of yeah. what they're so, doing. Um, we also find another android... Which you yeah. forgot about. Now, see, that bit of it, it seemed like the whole other Android plot, the the proto-data. The B4? B4. <laughs> That's pretty cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> that seemed like a plot element that was kind of shoehorned in. That they didn't really need to do that. But they did. But they did. That's what I'm saying. They were shoehorned in. And for me, it seemed like it seemed like maybe the most bang for the buck that they got out of that was that they got to have Captain Picard driving a 24th century dune buggy around. Oh, well, but the thing of it was that they have this android who's very um, primitive. Yeah. And, of course, Data shares all of his memories and downloads all that into him all of his files and all that other stuff so um but this this b4 is really a plant that yeah, shinzon right. uses to to infiltrate it's an extremely elaborate you know but some plot. people are elaborate in the way they it's go an about elaborate things. plot though it becomes <laughs> unbelievable 
I mean, I pay my ticket to go watch the movie and all that, but you need to play within the rules of the universe that you have created, and and one of those rules is, at least in Star Trek, that you just you shouldn't just be pulling stuff out of your hat and coming up with dopey plot lines. And but we've seen androids before. Yeah, we like have. Data on other right. on other episodes of. Right. Next there generation, and you know, so you know that there was more than just data. Then that whole thing when they're going around and they find his head first, didn't that remind you? Didn't they find a data head during the that was, series? Yeah, but that was a different. That was lore. No, that was a different thing. Oh, that was a. I think that was really data. Oh, time travel yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, it did strike me like, I think we've been here before. But then when you see the end and what happens at the end. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, Data dies. He sacrifices himself to save Captain Picard. Yeah, for the captain. But, like Joyce mentioned, he had previously downloaded all of his memory bank information mm -hmm. into this previous version of himself. And we kind of leave that story with the hint, maybe. Maybe. That, uh, yeah. Like I say, he's very primitive, but he seems to, you know, he's singing a song that Data was singing at the beginning of right. the movie. And so there's a hint Just that maybe, the, maybe Data's stuff maybe will kind of rise to lost. the fore yeah. or something. Which, didn't we just see that? I mean, that's the whole search for Spock, Wrath of Khan thing. Mm -hmm. But it's with an android. <laughs> it's completely different. <laughs> All right. Well, overall, though, you what did you think of the movie? It was uh, dark and. I. I don't quite understand, the title again. The Nemesis. Oh yeah. You know, is that the Romulans and the Federation? Is it Picard and Shinzon? Is it Shinzon against Shinzon? I don't know. <laughs> what was the nemesis? You know, yeah. what, what... I probably need you to speak up into the microphone. What, uh, what was that exactly? So, or who? Yeah, who, I don't know. who was the nemesis? Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of... Well, Shinzon wound up being destroyed by his ambition and... Pride. So was he? Was that his own El Guapo? Is that what <laughs> he was? His own El Guapo. That's right. We all have our El Guapo and uh. our own personal El Guapo, <laughs> and his seemed to be himself. Himself. That's right. So, uh, but we can talk about that later. So, um, it was okay. You know, it, it's a set. It completes it. Probably do I have it? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> do I watch it a but lot? But I noticed when we were looking for how we're going to watch this, you had forgotten that you had it. I said, well, you know, I had them all on VCR. Oh, VHS. Yes, yeah. VHS. And then I, I finally got rid of a lot of my VHS. And I think you actually bought me the DVD of it. So, no. so we have that one for sure. <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> you and your thoughtful ways. Wow. So. 
I did myself in that time. Yeah, you <coughs> did it. You did it. So I guess I, I would give it a B. Really? Yeah. Because there's still characters that I like. Um, and so... Oh, no. For me, I didn't <laughs> like the... I didn't like it very much. Not at all, huh? There was... There was one scene that I thought was really cool, and that's when the Enterprise rammed into the oh. the enemy ship. Yeah. But I didn't understand how they got that to work. The enemy ship wasn't damaged, and the Enterprise is moving at like five miles an hour or whatever. And, and well, it was like a game of chicken, and he just didn't think it was going to... That they were really going to do that, you know? <laughs> they're just barely walking, and here they're going to run into me. Right, but that was that was neat special effects when the when the Enterprise is kind of uh, piercing the hull of this other ship and yet getting its own hull kind of scraped off as yeah. it goes. And it was all slow motion too. It, it was a slow motion train wreck. Is really yeah. kind of what it was like. That was like. kind of fun. And it was pretty good. Wasn't this the one that they actually had like a containment filled for the warp core? <laughs> they did. I think they did. They finally put the warp core in a containment field. Yeah, right. I mean, they got everybody out and then there was some type of... But I guess, I mean, if it blows, is it really going to hold it in? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not that big. So, But that was kind of funny that, you know, after all these centuries and yeah they finally put a force field yeah, around maybe the that'd be a, let's let's call that one in so. <laughs> right. uh let's see uh, yeah i guess i'd i'd have a hard time giving it more than a c i didn't feel like there was anything cinematic about it i guess it just seemed like a long episode of next generation to me no. Me. Uh, yeah, a little. Yeah. A little, yeah. I felt like Star Trek Generations felt like a movie. Mm-hmm. And I liked First Contact. That's my favorite of the next-gen movies. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was good with all the... The Borg and... The robot zombies. Yeah. And, but these last two, I didn't feel like they felt... They, they just felt like long TV Well, you know, episodes. actually... Um, insurrection in my mind is part of the TV series. Yeah, you don't even think of it as a movie. <laughs> you know, I think of insurrection. I'm like, which one's that? Right. Because they did have a similar scene where they're leading, they're leading a bunch of people and trying to hide them from like the crystalline entity or something. Oh yeah, yeah, they did do that. And then where do they hide in a cave? Just like they, <laughs> right. No wonder you're thinking. Haven't I seen this on TV somewhere? Uh, well, just I like that story better. The than, insurrection story. Yeah. yeah then I guess misses. so. I guess so. All right. Well, we're going to take our break and come back and talk more thematic and worldview issues. Be right back. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. 
Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. And we're back on the Worldview Media Podcast. We're talking about Star Trek Nemesis. Well, Miss Joyce... Yes. Give me a thematic or worldview issue that you discerned here. Well, I think because we have uh, Shinzon show up. Yeah. Uh, and he's a clone of Picard. Right. That That's really some sort of statement about being a person. How does a person get to be a person... Where does a person come from? And I think even even Shinzon says, you know, I am you. You know, so he's really focused in that we are the same person. And my life is different because of my experiences. But if you had lived my life, you would be like me. Right. You would want revenge and you would want... Um, power and you would want justice and you would want all these things and that we are the same person. And so I think that statement really kind of takes something away from being a human. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's very materialistic where uh, a person is merely the sum total of his coding. Yeah. And so if we have the same genetic build, then that means we're the same person. That's what Shinzon was trying to yeah. say. And frankly, I think for the materialistic, the atheistic worldview, that's that's not too far off from kind of what you're left with. Yeah. That, that any animal is just basically a complex machine and we're the sum total of our codings and uh, Recently, the uh, the rock star atheist, I haven't heard anything from him in a few years, but a guy that used to be fairly popular as an atheist was Sam Harris, and I believe he argued in one of his books that there is no such thing as free will, that every every decision you make is a result of how you're coded, and how your genetics are going to react in a certain situation. Yeah. And so it's kind of funny, as as atheists have historically rejected Christianity because they felt it was very binding and it wouldn't yeah. let them express themselves and and be free. Yeah. Then it comes now it's, come, it's yeah. come around the wrong way, and now they're saying, 
oh, there's no freedom at all. It's all an illusion. And uh, so to me, I find that fascinating. And so I don't think Shinzon's uh, proposals there were too far off of what you're kind of necessarily left with mm-hmm. if evolution is true and if, you know, given naturalism and materialism. I think atheists are in a, they have a booger of a problem trying to figure out what it means to have a mind. Is mm. the is the mind, is the self-conscious awareness, is that separate from just chemical processes going on in your brain? Is there, is, is consciousness mm-hmm. purely biological, mechanical, or is there something greater than just than synapses just, and yeah. stuff like that? And so I think Shinzon was clearly on the side of, oh, no, it's all about how you're coded. And since I'm coded the same way you are, that means that you can take us to the two of our bodies and switch them so that they experience the other guy's experiences. Then invariably we would react the same way in those situations kind of what his argument was, right? And Picard... Picard's always wanting to be the more noble, you know. Right. You have to strive to be more and... And where does that come from? Why would you strive? Yeah. Right. And so I got the feeling that part of Picard's struggle was he did in fact see himself in his clone, not just physically... Mm-hmm. But he felt like at times he did really see traits and stuff yeah. like that and personality uh, features and stuff. And I think he resented that a little bit. And like you say, I think he fought against the notion that we have to be what our programming says that we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in that, he was kind of, that was a very data-esque sort of thing that he had going on the whole struggle yeah to be more than his programming you know and he felt like he felt like that was a an imperative that that's what we need to do if we're going to be if we're going to be better and improve we have to struggle to be more than our programming Mm -hmm. but that thought itself would be a product of our programming right I mean, every thought we have is yeah. coming from our programming. So, from somewhere. Right. So even as we imagine excelling and, and exceeding our programming, that thought still has to be coming from somewhere. So it, it winds up in a conundrum like all atheism does. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking there's kind of a parallel between Picard and Shinzon and Data and before. Yeah. And, you know, being the... The clone, you know, who is the clone between Data and before? If before was first and Data was second, oh, yeah. his situation is better than what the others is, and the reverse on uh, for Picard and his clone. That you know what what's being said there between those two things as well. Oh, that okay. All right. Well, now you're making me rethink my hatred of the <laughs> of the insertion of the before character. Yeah. Okay, I was maybe hasty then, because that is, I think that is a really valid parallel. It's hard to believe it's in there on accident. Yeah. Somebody did that on purpose. And so, 
I don't know. What is the nemesis? Is the nemesis your programming? Then and well, and then that's you, what I was saying. Right. You know, I don't know who is the nemesis. Is that? And so victory would mean or, overcoming your programming, overcoming yeah. your nemesis, your enemy. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think we tend to be our worst critics. We tend to be harder on ourselves than other people, and so maybe that's maybe that's some of that in there too. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Picard did kind of win. He won the the struggle against Shinzon by being able to kind of step outside himself and evaluate his own personality mm -hmm. and see where his personality had weaknesses and and then use those against Shinzon and capitalize on really his own weaknesses. And so that was interesting. And then for me, there's a kind of a disconnect in the movie with that, you know, they went to all the trouble to get the DNA from Picard to clone him, to start the process of growth with the clone, and then change their mind. But instead of just disposing of the clone, which seems like what probably people would have done, right. or maybe that's what they were doing by sending him to the, the mining facility, they just thought, well, someone else will do the job for us. Yeah, but you've got guns that you can just hit somebody with and they disappear. Yeah. They fizzle away into nothing, you know. <laughs> so I, that kind of boggles me a little bit because I don't think uh, Romulans are necessarily real big ethical moral people. Right. <laughs> but to, just to send them off to a mining colony. Right. Not do anything with them. Yeah. So I'm, And it's a clone, so I don't think... They weren't really invested into this character as a person you know they didn't really see him as a person he was just a means to an end things change we don't we're not going to use this anymore and so now yeah, we'll just get rid of you right that why didn't they just really get rid of him so yeah exactly exactly uh i also thought another element in there that was interesting from a worldview standpoint was shinzon's fascination with Deanna Troy at one point kind of really winds up mm, mm -hmm. kind of really winds up destroying his whole plan you know he had all the technology he had the technological advantage he had the enterprise on their heels because they're in his backyard and, yeah. and, uh, and he could pretty much <laughs> he could have his way with them in terms of his ship versus theirs and all yeah. that. But because he couldn't control his own appetites, so to speak, and and I'm sure he justified it by saying, my time is limited, I don't have time to mess around. If I'm going to experience this kind of intimacy with a woman, I've got to do it this way and, and I can't, you know, I can't be nice about it and all that, you know. And so mm -hmm. he winds up, Basically, what, telepathically raping Deanna or something like yeah, that? Yeah, an assault of sorts. Right, yeah. but it was a sexual assault telepathically. Yeah. Okay, so because he can't control himself and he has to do this thing to experience it or whatever, he winds up losing everything. I mean, that link that he establishes with her, she winds up being able to use it at the worst possible time for him and... 
and uh, it all goes south, and his yeah. plan is destroyed, which is a pretty good parable, you know, that uh, sin will do that to all of us, yeah. you know. And so, let's see, uh, I don't know, what other, <laughs> what other themes what did you have in mind? What going on? Well, I think Picard had a lot of reflection on his self. You know, just like you were saying, am I really, would I really turn out like this guy had these things happen to me? Because I know I have issues with my temper. I know I have issues with... Arrogance. Yeah, that, yeah. you know, that these are real, these are real things. And why, why are we so different? Right. And so, kind of what you're talking about, we didn't mention it before, it kind of winds up being a, they're, they're really wrestling with the nature versus nurture sort of paradigm. What is it that really fixes who we are and stuff like that. Well, but again, that's, a, that's kind of a naturalist arguing against yeah. another naturalist theory. And I know they have done some studies with uh, identical twins as that were separated right. and how similar their lives are even if they're in different places, different families, different oh, stuff. And, yeah. and so there is some of there is some of that in there. You know, genetically we are Yeah, but it it's not ironclad though. No. I mean because I was just reading something about the whole LGBT thing that really all the all the valid twin studies they've done have shown that uh there can't really be a gay gene because you get one twin who turns gay and the other one doesn't. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's an interesting study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So that's, but again, that's kind of just a, that is a, an argument that naturalists and materialists kind of have among themselves, what makes you a person and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And once you've gotten rid of the revelation of God, that you were created in the image of God, and the reason you have personality is because God has personality, mm -hmm. and the reason you're self-conscious is because God is self-conscious. And so, you know, you abandon that kind of revelation, and now you're left with these kind of uh, really pitiful discussions about... Yeah, but when you talk about um, programming and how we're kind of doomed and destined to to go a certain way you know i really think our sin nature does that for us we are programmed to always kind of choose the wrong thing <laughs> and always kind of choose the bad thing thinking that this is great and wonderful and it's what i want to do and and even if you have that knowledge that yeah maybe i shouldn't be drinking so much or <laughs> i shouldn't be doing drugs or you know you still you still do those things, and so right. that doesn't make sense. Yeah. That, you know, left to ourselves, we tend to do things that are damaging. To everybody around us and ourselves, yeah. And why would that be, unless there's something spiritual going on? Yeah. And it really doesn't it really mean that our decision-making faculties don't completely reside in our brain, you know? Because I know that certain things are bad for me and certain things will tend to get me in trouble with people around me and stuff like that. I know that. Mm 
Yeah. And if it was all just up to what I know, I would never do those things. <laughs> but yet. <laughs> right. I hate to say it, but I think there's a certain level at which even in the Christian, if you have like what the Puritans used to call a besetting sin, mm-hmm. the, doesn't that have to mean on some level that you both hate and love your sin? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. The fact that you really despise how you continue to fall to it and stuff like that, and yet just that fact, the fact that you hate it and you despise it, that's not enough to keep you from doing it. Yeah. And so on some level, you've got some kind of love for it. And, uh, man, that's hard to swallow sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not good. <laughs> that's for sure. No, not good. So I did think that was interesting. Picard's uh, struggle throughout the show to think about why am I who I am and, and must I be this way and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So... Kind of an interesting thing to see him. Well, and again, at the end, you know that you have the self-sacrifice of you know data for Picard, and that in itself is really uh, something unusual because even in the series, there was always people always wanted to have data. They wanted to experiment on him. They wanted to make him make more of him and you know there was you know he is his own being and he has his own rights and he is unique and he is special and so we can't do these things to him (laughs) right and yet him to say you know i have to go over and do this to save my captain yeah right yeah they managed to well i guess that's consistent with a naturalistic worldview if humans are what they are because of their programming and we deserve all these rights as humans, mm-hmm. well, data is just a different kind of programming and different materials and mm-hmm. stuff like that, so why not give them the same rights? You know, there's nothing separating us except the physical stuff that we're made of. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. It makes me wonder how far away it is that people start talking about the rights of artificial intelligence and stuff as we as we continue to move in that direction creatively and stuff. With more programming and interactive. Your computer's got rights. <laughs> oh, no. You have to let it choose for itself what app it wants to run. Uh, no. So, and but, then... You also have the breakdown between Shinzon and the Romulan people he was working with and then how they come to the rescue of the Enterprise and, you know, them kind of waking up to what was going on. Did that really make sense to you? I mean, they knew what they were... They knew they were signing on for war with the Federation. Well, I think they knew that, but I think they thought... That they were still going to be the ones kind they of running. They would be in charge. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was made really clear that you are nothing. Shinzon's <laughs> in charge. Right. Yeah, I'll do right. whatever I want. And if that means I'll kill you, then that's what it means. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that was a, a little bit of a twist there, too, where they were coming to his aid. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, no, here comes another Romulan. <laughs> Good times. So... I guess that's it. I can't think of anything else. All right. Well, me either. Me either. If I don't ever see it again, I will not shed a tear. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> uh, well, okay then. All right. But if you do see it again, would you shed a tear? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it depends on how much of it I have to see again. All right. Uh, so what's on tap for next week? I believe we're going to be talking about the new release. Yes, I said new release. What? We're watching a new movie? Of Thor. Right. It, it, does that qualify as new still? It's been out for weeks. Well, it was released in the month of November. Okay, so we're less than a month. All right. That's a banner day for Worldview Media Podcast. That's right. We don't get out of town much. So next week, and Lord willing... the sad willing, thing was what? that uh, this week, so we're in November, the last week of November, pretty close to it, and... Our little movie theater had on Medea's Halloween. <laughs> so Medea's Halloween came on Thanksgiving week? Yeah. Well, they're changing it over, and it'll be the new Disney release, Coco. Oh. Um, but, yeah. I don't want to see that. It was Medea's Halloween. Wow. All so, right. so now you know. <laughs> now that you means know. we're always behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. and there's some movies we don't ever get here, so... No, that's true. All right, but we did go see Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And that's In what a we'll... really cool theater. I want to go back. Yeah, we got to <laughs> talk about that here. I feel like small town hicks. I feel like when we talk about that theater, everybody else listening is going to go, Oh, yeah, where you been? Yeah. I've been in Tucumcari. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So, Thor, next time, Lord willing. Y'all go out and dominionize. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. <laughs>